Welcome to the Books and Bites podcast. Each month, we bring you book recommendations and discuss the bites and beverages to pair with them. I'm Carrie Green, and I'm here with my co-host, Melissa Colston. Hello. And we're dedicating this episode to audiobooks and the road trip snacks to go with them. So, Melissa, I know I have some different criteria for what I listen to than what I read. Um, how do you feel about audiobooks? Is, are they different, what you listen to versus what you read? Absolutely. Um, I think generally I'm looking for um, maybe sort of a performance out of something. Like some, some books lend themselves to be performed more than others in different circumstances. Um, so there are there are definitely times when I'm like, oh, I would much rather listen to that than actually hold the book in my hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I try to seek those out. Um, often I find nonfiction to be a lot easier to listen to than to read. Um, but fiction's in there too. How mm-hmm. do you choose what you want to listen to? Well, for me, um, you know, I mostly listen when I'm driving and I'm not driving on the interstate, so I do have to pay attention. So Mm -hmm. that really affects my choices. I want something that is maybe an easier listen than what I would actually read. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's helpful if it's something that is a little episodic and I don't have to, like if I miss something, (laughs) I'm not going to be... um, super behind on a plot and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, so I like things like essays, um, short stories. A lot of times I also sometimes listen to books that I've already read. Um, mm-hmm. And that way, if I, um, you know, if I miss something in the narration, it doesn't really matter. Although that can work against you if the performance doesn't match yeah. what you imagine when you read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As we learned with Lillian Boxfish, <laughs> takes a walk. Yep. But in some cases, it the narrator can totally exceed, like with True Grit, which I thought was... It was pretty amazing. Yeah. It's a great performance that she does for that. Yeah. Um. And there are some books for me that, like, I even bounce back and forth while I'm reading them, where, like, I don't want to stop reading it, so then I get the audiobook so I can keep reading it while I'm driving or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, um, yeah, I definitely agree with you on, I listen to a lot when I'm driving or often when I'm doing chores around the house, mm-hmm. keep me company. So something that isn't too hard to lose yourself out of or to miss something well and then there are sometimes um like when I started listening to an American marriage and then I transitioned to reading it where the the narration and the the performers that did the narration informed how I read the book and heard their voices as I was reading it afterwards Mm -hmm. because they were so strong so that was really fun audiobooks are just great (laughs) sometimes (laughs) sometimes they're really bad (laughs) yes um yeah sometimes you just can't listen to it because there's something about the person's voice or 
Yeah, or the performance of it is just really flat mm-hmm. and boring. <laughs> and you don't want to listen to it anymore. It's like listening to a teacher <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> An unengaging, uninspiring teacher. <laughs> yeah. I'm, li- I'm kind of listening to a book like that right now that I'm enjoying the essays, but I'm not enjoying the performance at all. And it's definitely taking me longer to get through. You know, it's only a four-hour book, but I've been listening for like off and on for two weeks because I'm just not that into the That's how I felt about Exit West, actually. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because I know you, you read it and you really enjoyed it. And I listened to it and it just took me forever to finish it. And I don't think I would have if it hadn't been so short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, because that was, for me, a very quick read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes brevity is great also. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I tend to choose shorter books for audiobooks so that I know I can get through them on the, my commute. I also like to choose, I don't, I don't want really something really depressing, so I have listened occasionally to some books that have harder topics and then you know I'm listening to it on my way home from work and just feel totally down Mm -hmm. you know that's why I'm not listening to the news on my way home from work so I I well and Lillian Boxfish did that for me (laughs) I I don't know if I would have experienced it the same way if I had read it but as as much as I enjoyed the book the narration was so like it made it even more depressing (laughs) Mm mm-hmm even yeah. though I enjoyed the narration. It, it was a complex, that's a complex narration right there. <laughs> I did find it, I found it more, because I read the book and then listened to it, and I did find listening to it more depressing. I kept <laughs> wanting to offer her a glink, drink of water. <laughs> and like a pat that. on the back. <laughs> yeah. uh. So anyway, the books that we'll talk about today are narration approved. Yes. That, that is part of a major part of our criteria for yes. recommendations. So I'll get us kicked off. My first book that I'm going to talk about is Barracoon by Zora Neale Hurston, which is read by Robin Miles. Barracoon tells the story of Kudjil Lewis, who was the last known survivor of the Atlantic slave trade. He was brought here after the importation of slaves was outlawed, and Zora Neale Hurston went to Alabama in 1927 to interview him. The book she wrote based on those interviews was finally published this year, and the audiobook is narrated by the estimable Robin Miles. Miles is a highly acclaimed audiobook narrator, and her performance for Barracoon is no exception. I think she does a great job of bringing Kudjo and his story to life. Hurston wrote the book in Kudjo's vernacular language, which is one of the major reasons that she had trouble finding a publisher for the book during her lifetime. Kudjo himself was a storyteller and interviewed by several scholars, historians, and anthropologists while he was still living, so his tale is well honed. (laughs) The audio is just under four hours long, which is pretty great when it's storytelling because it moves so quickly mm-hmm. um, and I would recommend this for a road trip I would also recommend listening during a morning of working in a garden as Kajo often did and when the sun turns too hot treating yourself to some refle- refreshing slices of watermelon or ripe peaches as Kajo and Hurston shared during her visits to him 
That sounds like a really good choice for an audiobook, having read Hurston, Hurston's other work before where she does write in dialect, I would imagine it would be. Yeah, and that was part of why it was one of those where I thought to myself, self, that's what I want to <laughs> listen to, you know? Because I, the reading it and the Im- unfamiliarity of the spellings and mm-hmm. having to almost like read it to yourself mm-hmm. to hear it and hear how the different words are pronounced um, can make it really difficult for me to stay in the story. Mm-hmm. So the listening to it and listening to it perform so expertly um, made it so that I was really able to to enjoy the story and focus on the words instead of, you know, trying to decipher his the way that he says things, which mm-hmm. is you know, perfectly fine and exactly the way it should be done. But <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to, to get into it and, um, you know, lose yourself the way that you can it with the audio. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks. I'm going to add that one to my list. Yeah. The first book I wanted to talk about is 44 Scotland Street by Alexander McCall Smith. And this book kind of got me into listening to audiobooks. So I thought I'd start with it for anyone else who is a reluctant listener like Mm me. (laughs) It was originally published serially in a newspaper, so the chapters are quite short and episodic. It's about a group of mostly charming, witty neighbors who live at 44 Scotland Street in Edinburgh, Scotland. There's 20-year-old Pat, now in her second gap year, and Bruce, her narcissistic flatmate, the gifted five-year-old Italian-speaking saxophone player Bertie, who in spite of his pushy mother just wants to live as a normal boy, as well as the eccentric widow Dominica, and several others. Robert Ian McKenzie narrates the audiobook with a plum. My only quibble is that his accent is English, not Scottish. <laughs> that is a pretty strong quibble, though. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, as an aside, if you would like to listen to some audiobooks with a great Scottish accent, I recommend anything by Ali Smith that she that she reads it. I could just listen to her read a phone book, I oh, think. Oh, I should put her <laughs> on my list for sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's enough plot in 44 Scotland Street to keep you engaged, but the episodic nature means that it won't matter too much if you, say, accidentally doze off while listening to it before bed. Yes, that did happen to me. (laughs) (laughs) You can pick up right where you left off. And with 12 books in the series, you can just keep on reading or listening for as long as you want. So I listened to this book just before traveling to Scotland a couple of summers ago. The residents of 44 Scotland Street mostly drink coffee, so I should have known that Edinburgh was a coffee town. Still, I'd had high hopes of finding good tea when I was there, but it wasn't until we traveled to the Isle of Skye that I finally had a decent cuppa. Ironically, it was tea from Brodie's, a company based in Edinburgh. So while it might be more fitting to sip a latte along with Bertie's mother, the irritating Irene, this tea drinker recommends brewing up some Brodie's breakfast blend for your morning commute. 
Heading the opposite direction from Scotland, my next book to recommend is Shadow Shaper by Daniel Jose Older, which introduces readers to Sierra Santiago and her family and neighborhood, just as her family's secrets begin to unravel around her. Sierra's grandfather and many of his friends in the neighborhood are shadow shapers who can connect to spirits via different art forms like music and painting. When zombies and other malicious spirits start popping up around Brooklyn, Sierra has to learn to control her own shadow shaping abilities while also trying to discover and fight the source of these harmful creatures. Two of the three books in the trilogy have been published and the second book only gets better. Anika Nani Rose, also known as the voice of Tiana from Disney's Princess and the Frog and many other highly acclaimed performances, uh, she narrates the book and brings Older's words to life with a perfect rhythm. The audio would make a great listen for normal day-to-day trips in the car, but I think it would also work well for keeping kids engaged on longer trips, too. Pair Shadow Shaper with the hearty and satisfying arroz con pollo, or chicken and rice, that Sierra chows down on early in the book. You can find a great recipe for a soupy, soupy version made by Maricel y Precia's father in her book, Gran Cocina Latina. Maricel also suggests pairing a pilsner like Corona or Quilmes with the dish, which sounds like a perfect weekend lunch. book is A Man Called Uva by Frederick Bachman. I saw this book on a list of recommended short audiobooks and decided to give it a go, even though I never really had much interest in reading this New York Times bestselling book. At nine hours, it's a bit longer than my normal listen, but I really enjoyed it and found myself missing it when I didn't listen for a couple of days. Most of you probably know the general, pl- general plot. It's about a cantankerous Swedish man who, after his wife dies, tries repeatedly to kill himself. However... (laughs) I didn't know that part. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You wouldn't expect that in a comedy, but there it is. Um, However, Uva's annoying and incompetent neighbors constantly thwart his attempts, and each attempt becomes more comical than the last. Just when Uva's grumpy rant started to get repetitive and I thought I might not make it through, the author hooked me with Uva's moving backstory. The book moves back and forth through time until we get a complete picture of this man called Uva and his developing and life-sustaining relationships with his neighbors. George Newbern performs all the voices with humor, depth, and empathy. I laughed out loud in places and even found the sappy ending completely satisfying. And of course, you can't think Sweden without thinking of Ikea. (laughs) And ginger thins are one of my favorite Ikea snacks, and they're perfect for a road trip. Just like Uva, these are a little sweet underneath the ginger's bite. I'm afraid Uva wouldn't approve of Ikea, though. In the novel, he makes several snipes about cheap big box furniture. Unfortunately, I'm usually too busy with last-minute packing to do much cooking before a trip, so big box cookies it is. Well, and they're pretty good, too. They are. They're they're pretty (laughs) solid ginger cookies. (laughs) Plus, you have to 
take a road trip up to Ikea just to get them. So yep. then you get to eat them on the... close to one, it's kind of an expedition regardless. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's like visiting a different country. <laughs> So this next book that I'm going to talk about is one that I can't seem to quit reading or recommending. I've read it now four times this year. Wow. <laughs> for some reason, I just keep going back to it. It's my new comfort read, apparently. Um, it is All Systems Read by Martha Wells. The series that this is... So All Systems Read is the first book in the series, and uh, the series follows an artificial intelligence construct that is built to be a security unit, or SEC unit, that has been contracted to provide security for a research team as it surveys an uninhabited planet. The SEC unit is self-aware and can make its own decisions, and this particular SEC unit however, has hacked its own software and no longer is controlled by the various systems that are meant to do so while it does its job. It still does its job, though, out of a kind of self-preservation and also boredom. Due to its dark and hazy past, the construct calls itself Murderbot and would rather watch TV than interact with humans. The series is comprised of four novellas, two of which are out already and two more that come out in August and October of this year. I recently listened to All Systems Read after having read it three previous times <laughs> and we listened to it on a road trip and it was actually pretty great for the relatively short drive from Kentucky to Chicago. Murderbot has a very dry sardonic wit and I thought the narrator did a pretty solid job of capturing its misanthropic spirit. The plot moves very quickly, and the audio clocks in at just over three hours, with plenty of good stopping points and um, enough action to keep you awake mm -hmm. on those very boring stretches of 74. <laughs> um, and it would be great after, you know, like after lunch when you're a little tired and you're not there yet, mm -hmm. got a ways to go, um, and you've got a ways to go before your next stop for snacks. <laughs> Chicago very um, close to when you went to Chicago and my husband and I tried listening to an audiobook we by Mindy Kaling her second book I can't remember can't remember the title um, we had listened to is everyone hanging out without me and enjoyed it on another road trip that was her first book but we both Neither of us could get into the second one at all. We ended up abandoning it pretty early That's on. too bad. It's so hard to pick an audiobook for two people, though. Yeah. Or more than two people. This was, I mean, it wasn't good for either of us, so it wasn't like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like one of us liked it and the other didn't. That's a shame. Yeah. Well, maybe Murderbot next time. <laughs> yeah. I swear, it sounds weird. It sounds like a very... I mean, it is sci-fi, and it's, um, it, I don't know what it sounds like. It sounds weird to me, but um, it's definitely one of my favorite books, and all of a sudden, I've read it so many times. But it's a novella, so it goes really fast, mm -hmm. and um, 
the rest of the series just is even better. I, I just love it. I can't recommend it enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep telling people about it. <laughs> Make, I made my husband listen to it. <laughs> but he enjoyed it, so it was good. All just, right. Just check it out. We will. So the last two books I wanted to talk about fall under the category of funny ladies for your road trip or commute. Um, And this is probably my favorite genre of audiobook to listen to. Although, um, you know, my favorite is Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. And I do find it very hard for other books to live up to Bossy Pants <laughs> <laughs> as far as audiobooks. Um, it has been a while since I've listened to this one, so I can't say I remember the particulars very well. But it is the funny lady book that I judge all other funny lady books by. It's described as a memoir, and it does outline Faye's path to comedy from childhood on. But it doesn't reveal any deep, dark secrets, like most celebrity biographies <laughs> don't really reveal any deep, dark secrets. It's episodic, so it's more like a book of essays or comedy sketches, which combined with a performance by Faye herself makes for a great audiobook. And while Bossy Pants is always hilarious, it also has tension and analysis. And that's something I often find missing in other celebrity memoirs. I especially appreciated Faye's insights about women in comedy and the workplace. The Princess Diarist was Carrie Fisher's last memoir. In fact, she died just five weeks after it was published. The book focuses on the filming of the first Star Wars movie and her affair with Harrison Ford. At the time, she was 19, while Ford was 32 and married with two children. Fisher kept this relationship secret for 40 years, but when she decided to spill it, she went all in. The book definitely falls under the celebrity gossip category, but Fisher's sense of humor and her ability to convey the insecurities of her younger self make it work. Her performance of the book had me laughing out loud, and she won a posthumous Grammy for Best Spoken Word Album. I have to admit, though, that I fast-forwarded quite a bit when she quoted directly from her teenage diaries and poems. But kudos to her for being willing to put it all out there. I certainly don't want my teenage diaries to see the light of day. (laughs) I listened to Wishful Drinking Mm -hmm. by her as well. And she just, oh man, listening to her do the narration is it's just a thing of beauty. It is. She knows exactly how to emphasize her points. And yeah, I tried. I tried reading Wishful Drinking, and it was funny. But I, I should go back and try and listen to the audio because. Oh yeah, she. I mean, she, she knows. Yeah, it. like she knows how to deliver the joke. She's not just reading it. Mm-hmm. She's she's performing it, and I think that's something that, especially in a book like that. Um, where it is meant to be funny, mm-hmm. you know, if someone reading it that isn't funny, it's not going to be as funny, but for <laughs> right. her reading it, it's, it's just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so um, my one of my favorite road trip snacks are Cape Cod potato chips, and so I think that those would go 
excellently with <clears throat> both Tina Fey's book and Carrie Fisher's book. Um, the what, reason what flavor? Oh, just just plain. Just plain. Yeah. Oh, okay. The reason I like Cape Cod the best is <clears throat> they kind of curl up when they fry, so there's more surface area, so there's more <laughs> crunch. <laughs> so the crunchier, the better. Also, there's always lots of burnt ones at the bottom mm. of the bag, and I, I love a burnt potato chip. That's my favorite. Oh. See, I really like the salt and vinegar ones of those that just, like, ruin your mouth as you <laughs> eat them, which would go really well with the <clears throat> Carrie Fisher book, I think. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that that acidic wit. Yeah, I bet vinegar, you know, I just saw it. I just always like the plain ones, so I'd never... I mean, the plain is good, but, you know, if you're looking to just not taste anything for a while, <laughs> the salt and vinegar are a good way to go. Okay, good recommendation. <laughs> but you got to have it, like, with a, a sweet soda. I was just going to say that they're that I like them best, even the plain ones, with something sweet to, like, alternate bites. I like mm-hmm. it with watermelon, so eating, eating a bite oh, of potato chip a, and then fascinating. watermelon. Mm. just or like dipping them in a frosty oh yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) same same idea yeah (laughs) absolutely thanks for listening to the books and bites podcast we'd love to hear your comments or suggestions so feel free to email us at podcast at justpublib.org We record in the recording studio at the Jessamine County Public Library. You can find out more about the library, our recording studio, and the books and recipes we talked about in this episode on our website at jesspublib.org. Our theme song is The Breakers by Scott Whitten from his album In Close Quarters with the Enemy. You can find out more about Scott and his music on his website, adoreforadesk.com.